What's up, folks? This is Justin, and you are listening to the Welcome to Your Doom show. This is episode number 35, and Uthel and I are discussing the newest entry in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Captain Marvel. This prequel, I guess, to the Marvel Cinematic Universe is not to be confused with the Captain Marvel from DC, who is now titled Shazam. There's all kinds of copyright and probably confusion that made DC change their name, but no. This one is starring Brie Larson. It just came out this weekend. Uthel and I saw it, I think, the day after opening day. And overall, we got some mixed feelings about it, I guess you could say. But I'll let us tell you about it in the episode, and I won't tell you myself. So thank you very much for listening. If you are watching on YouTube, thanks for checking us out there. Please like and subscribe and all that jazz. And if you haven't been to our YouTube, get your life together and go do that and help us out. It's uh, www.youtube.com slash welcome to your doom. That's all I have to say for today. I'm going to keep it short. Ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to your doom. Hello, folks. We're your hosts for the Welcome to Your Doom show. This is indeed the Welcome to Your Doom show. I'm Justin. This is Uptal. And uh, what's up, man? How's it going? It's hanging. I'm just uh, busy spending my entire paycheck on 4K Blu-rays. So you got some pretty epic ones, though. Yeah, I ordered just today. I ordered Annihilation on 4K, John Wick 2, and uh, The Meg. I still haven't seen Annihilation. It's been on Netflix forever. Yeah, um, it's a really good movie. Yeah. It's a very good movie. I, I, what, like a movie that I I feel like more people should see because it kind of flew under the radar, I think, last year. Yeah. So um, Is it a completely female <clears throat> cast? Sorry. Sorry for the mic's noise. Hold on. Uh, I just want to move the mic a little closer. Yeah. Right. Um, it is a... Uh, yeah, primarily female, yeah. And uh, there, there are a few male characters in it, but they're not... They're not m- Super prominent, yeah, um, yeah, and it's it's an excellent movie. So and it has a very distinct visual style. So I'm really excited to see it in, in 4K. What have you been up to? Uh, not a lot, man. Reflecting after our last episode because I felt like I was not getting enough Blu-rays in my life. Yeah. So since our last episode, I've been looking at getting more Blu-rays now. Oh, is that right? I'm not even kidding. Like <laughs> I felt like. I felt like I was missing out on some things. Like, there's some movies that I feel like I should have on Blu-ray that I don't. That's right. That's like, how, exactly John how, Wick was yeah. the first one that came to my mind. Yeah. Um, but then I looked, like, I was looking for, I can't remember what I was looking for. Uh, I think Logan or something like that. And I realized that the last Blu-rays I had actually bought myself were dumpster dive ones in Walmart. Oh, yeah. It was uh, Gladiator and Unforgiven. Oh, nice. So nice. I got a couple as of Excellent. slightly recently, but I feel like I could do Excellent. better. So Yeah, I, d- I did some secondhand Blu-ray shopping as well. We have a BMV near our work and I got a movie called Cold in July for like eight bucks. And it's a great, it's a great movie. Mm. Uh great little thriller but like dumpster diving for blu-rays now it's it's pretty great like uh there are movies that i want to like crimson tide is a movie that i always love but i don't own on any media at all i think i had it on vhs a long time ago but uh that's the one with denzel washington and gene hackman on submarine which one am i oh i'm thinking of the hunt for red october which is also a fantastic movie that i should own and that i do not own so like stuff like that i'm trying to like plug some gaps and i probably won't buy them ever again on like new version like 8k and 16k and oh, man, there was there was a joke in there. Um, 
Sorry, I lost it, I'm my sure train. it would have been really funny. <laughs> I lost my train of thought. Yeah, uh, but but yeah. So uh, just to own them, so I, I have access to them and I can watch them whenever I want. Right. Um, yeah. So uh, we just came back from Captain Marvel. We did. We did. Yeah. So, so a little word on the title, because. This is the first of two Captain Marvel movies yes. we're going to see this year. Yeah, and uh, there's there's sometimes there's a bit of confusion here, so I'm just going to clear this up real quick before we dive Please. in. Um, Captain Marvel, uh, also uh, uh, the DC Comics Captain Marvel is also known as Shazam, was a Fawcett City, uh, Fawcett City or Fawcett Comics, Fawcett Comics property. And like, and they stopped, and they, they they were making them a long time ago. And I think they stopped making Captain Marvel books in the fifties and sixties. Uh, but between then and when DC bought Fawcett Comics, because they ended up doing that, and that's how DC ended up with the property of Captain Marvel slash Shazam. Marvel had trademarked Captain Marvel, who is the character that you're seeing in this movie. Or I don't know if it's this particular iteration of the character that was way back then. Yeah. But they but this character existed and they had trademarked the name Captain Marvel. So now DC had this property from Fawcett City, Fawcett Comics, sorry. That was his name was Captain Marvel, but they couldn't write it on the covers. Right. So his comic was always like some other title. So most of the time Shazam. Yeah. Which is the the key the, the word he uses to gain his powers. Um, until just recently until just recently he uh, uh, in the new 52 um, DC Comics ended up saying you know what let's cut the cord and just cut Captain Marvel out entirely he's called Shazam now and I like that I think I I because there's a lot, there was a lot of confusion there. Yes, his books were called Shazam, but in the books, his name was Captain Marvel, and that's that's the guy he turns into. Right uh, after he says the wizard's name Shazam. So, but now they're like, you know what, the wizard's name Shazam, he's Shazam, everybody's fucking Shazam. Didn't they okay? just get rid of the wizard? They're like, now you're the wizard too. I'm out of here. And then <laughs> the Rock of Eternity just falls on me. Just, <laughs> I feel yeah. like I saw that somewhere. Um, to add to the confusion. And I, I, I've never looked up the pronunciation of this man's name, who I think is a great actor, and I, lo- I love it when he appears in, in movies. Uh, great character actor. Jimon Hansu, I think that's his name. I think he that's was how you in, pronounce it. So he was in Aquaman as the Fisherman King. He's, to, to add to the confusion, he is playing Shazam, the wizard, in Shazam. Yep. He is also in Captain Marvel playing, and I can't remember his name, the guy, the character's name that he's playing, but it's the same character he played in Guardians of the Galaxy. Right. He's actually playing Alfred in Matt Reeves' Batman film as well. And <laughs> no, he's not. Yeah, yeah, he is now. Now and, he is. Uh, yeah, he okay, also, perfect. strangely enough... He got in, cast as a Flash. Yeah, no, no, not <laughs> that. Come on, that's just unreasonable. No, he actually played um, Kevin Costner playing Clark Kent's dad, Pa Kent. <laughs> In both of the the Man of Steel in Man of Steel and, and Batman versus Superman, basically whenever whenever they had to film a Pa Kent scene in Man of Steel, yeah, they Jimon Hansu went into makeup four days before that. No, no, he didn't use makeup. He was just a really good actor. <laughs> he does a really really good. No, no Kevin Costner Kevin prosthetics. Costner no, not at all. <laughs> just straight up acting. That guy, yeah, and he was also in constant for real. He was legitimately yeah. in Constantine. Papa, Papa, Papa Midnight. Papa Midnight. Midnight. Papa Midnight. So he has a long history with comic properties. So it's just really funny that he's in both Captain Marvel movies, yeah. and um, and you know the character names at one point were were the same. So 
yeah, so that clears that up. So this is the first Captain Marvel movie we're going to see this year. Second one being Shazam when that comes out in what, like a month or so? Yeah, um, April, I think. Yeah, so uh, I don't think there's anything else we want to talk about. We want to just dive in. Let's do it. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, let's take a look at the extended TLC music video that is Shazam. I mean, uh, Captain Marvel. <laughs> that was good, sir. I was curious just how much 90s crap they were going to try and shove into this oh, film. And it, really, was, it was heavy-handed, sir. It was extremely heavy-fisted, heavy one might say. It was double-fisted. <laughs> it, was, it was bad. Uh, okay, so wait. Overall, general yeah. general feelings. What, what did you go first? I go first. Okay, I'm going to go first. It's okay. That's, yeah. I, I yeah. It's okay. Yeah. I don't um, know that I'd, I, I'd, I'd probably watch it again down the road. Yeah. But it would be like, oh, that's on Netflix. I'll watch that. Yeah. Or like, ah, I'm watching watch a bunch dishes. of Marvel movies. I'll watch this and continue. But it's not like the first thing. There's a couple of good scenes. There's a couple of funny moments. Yeah. Um, but overall, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's kind but, of a... You know, my problem, my biggest problem with the film was it was such a clunky, janky film the way everything was put together. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not really a spoiler, but... She, the way that she kind of puts together events throughout the film like her her backstory her, her or backstory yeah, yeah. her memories and yeah. stuff it's been done to death and it's been done far better than it's been done in this film right like it just it was kind of all over the place you see plot twists coming a mile yeah. away yeah um I, yeah i just i wasn't really excited by this film uh the plotting didn't didn't bother me too much like how clunk like you know like i think what 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 i can agree with from what you said was how kind of rote the whole thing was it's like yes it's been sort of been done before Mm. um with stuff for me that's the most important with stuff that like that's been done before it's is there something is there something new that makes this fresh and that seems like counterintuitive i guess what i mean to say is like visually is there something new, something interesting I can latch on to? Uh, case in point, Aquaman. Aquaman is not telling some, you know, uh, you know, uh, it's not a you know great drama or a, a well-written film, I'd right. say. Right. But it's showing me something so new that I haven't seen before that uh, that I can't, I I get sucked into that. And like, yeah. and even though the the plot points are sort of rote and have been done before, I'm kind of okay with it because the presentation is so unique. Yeah. And this movie, I think that the plot, yes, it's kind of like you can see things coming, but its presentation is so it's kind of dull. Like yes. I, that's kind of what I felt. And the other thing that really kind of put the nail in the meh coffin for this for this movie was uh like Brie Larson. Like I really I thought she was just stiff as a board. Yeah. This entire movie. I, I didn't get it. And I it wasn't like clicking with me. Her performance wasn't working for me. Yeah. She, she was just really like cardboardy. Like she's almost Even, like she was in a George Lucas like prequel movie. She and, was actually played by Jamon Hansu as well. Yeah. He just couldn't get it down. He just that's right. It's a little it's a tough role to play. That's right, that's right. I can't I can't um, uh, I can't blame the man. Yeah. But uh it just seemed really she seemed during like emotional moments yeah. in the film, yes, she seemed very stiff, and it wasn't like a character trait of her trying no. to control her emotions. She just was stiff. Yeah, she has these moments where she's kind of looking at the camera. It's a small smirk here and there, and I'm like, 
maybe I'm just not getting it, but when I look when I when I when I was watching the movie, there are emotional moments that I, I completely squashed by her performance. Yeah. And I think that there's cool stuff that they did here. I I can really appreciate the whole discovering who you are and those memories that those memories and when they're finally revealed to her. Yeah. These are moments like technically that are built up, I think in a in a good way, like in a in a way that yes, there's going to be some emotional payoff. Yeah. Um, and there's one scene in particular I thought was effective, but we'll get into that spoilers. But her performance just kind of sucks the sucks the emotion out of it. Right. So I'm just I'm kind of left feeling like oh yeah that happened, but it was more like computational rather than emotional. Yeah. I felt um, like the other people around her were pretty good though. I thought I thought Sam Jackson kind of phoned it in, but if you really yeah like I didn't no no I I really enjoyed his performance. He was oh I enjoyed his performance. Yeah. I think I just don't think he I don't think he was. Uh, I don't know, particularly memorable. Like, but he wasn't stiff or anything like no, that. No, he just de- he just delivered, and he yeah. was there, and he was Nick Fury, and it was cool. Like, but I don't know. I it just the, the one that connected with me the most. I thought her friend did yes. a lot of the emotional like yeah. heavy lifting, and um, and uh, oh Christ, what's his name now? I had his name and I forgot it. Which character? The the, the Australian scroll. Oh, I don't know the actor's name. Oh, he's and he's a really good actor too. And he was, uh, oh man. Sorry, I have to. You look, look it up. up. I got yeah. Um, yeah, uh, Jude Law was that. If you want to talk about phoned in performances, his kind of was a little phoned in to me. He was. He was doing the. Yeah, he was doing his. That's yeah. why I couldn't even keep track of what his character name was because yeah. he was just basically Jude Law with sinister-looking eyes. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, um, what did you think of the action? The action I had problems with, and it might just be because we watched it in IMAX and, you know, it's such a big screen, but yeah. they, they did a lot of the really close-up filming, shaky cam stuff a lot of times where it's like, in the fight scenes, like the hand-to-hand combat in particular, some of that stuff is just like, it, 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 I don't, it makes you dizzy, especially yeah. looking at it in, in IMAX. Yeah, there was, I think there was a lot of like camera movement, a lot of a lot of editing. Yeah, there were certain scenes that I did like, and we'll get the obviously we'll get to that in the spoilers. Some of the action I did like and thought was inventive, but mostly again, kind of yes, kind of flat. Like if I were to compare it to like like Black Panther, for example. Yeah, Black Panther had a had a very interesting villain so i think that was sort of different and new uh and and unique but it showed us a whole like i love the scenes of the like just the culture we've never seen on the screen before yes with all of the color color and vibrancy it really reminded me of like a big like bollywood film like an, an epic bollywood film like when i watch those i'm just like so you sucked in by all the color and right and but so there was that presentation there yeah. and i really i like i really got attached to that and then here it was just yeah, it just didn't achieve that. It didn't get to that l- level. Right. Like, it just didn't... Now, at this point, you're talking about the look and feel of the film more yeah. than just the action. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. So, yeah. even even the action. So, like, in Bla- in Black Panther, I didn't think the action was particularly... Like, like the final fight scene, I didn't... I wasn't no, really connected. Was, yeah. I wasn't really connected. There was one really great... The casino... Is it a casino? Or yeah. Where they, where, where they fight. It was a great fight scene. But I didn't think the action was super unique. But still, that movie is like bouncing around in my head because of the presentation. I could kind of get past that stuff. But here, right. there wasn't, it wasn't, I didn't feel like there was much to there, latch There was to. a couple of cool things that they did. But yeah, overall, especially the hand-to-hand combat stuff, yeah, there wasn't anything really for me to really latch on to. However, yeah. 
any of the action scenes in space. Oh, that's what I was about to say. That was great. That was excellent. Oh, yeah. That, that was, was really, really well done. Really good. Like, the whole time I'm watching stuff like that, and I'm like, why couldn't... And I think we've said this in a prior podcast, but, yeah. like, why couldn't Green Lantern do more oh, of that kind of stuff? Yeah. I mean, yeah, at this, absolutely. at the end of the day, I wouldn't want Green Lantern to be this film, but there's so many elements that were done so well in this film that could have been done well and weren't in, right. in that film. Yeah. So, but hopefully yeah. they take notes. Yeah. Um, one other thing I wanted to mention before we start talking about um, the actual film, the content in the film, was the coloring of it. The, and we, I mentioned this to you earlier because I wanted to know whether my eyes are just going or what, but the one thing that I was having problems with is you'd have these really dark and very muted scenes with not a lot of color, and then all of a sudden there'd be this super bright light that yeah. all of a sudden it just shocks your eyes. Yeah. And that happened early on a few times, like when they were on that planet... Uh, I don't want to spoil anything. Yeah. But early on, the first scenes, that's where I was just like, ugh. Like, yeah. that, was, that was hitting me. And then the, in the third act, where mm. they're basically in space, yeah. and there's a lot of lights and stuff. Yeah. Like, it was the same problem except amplified because they were doing it 10 times more. Yeah. So that's I didn't. I, I get thing. what you're. I think I get what you're saying. There was a lot of those moments. There are moments in the movie that are done in in dark scenes and things felt muddy. Yeah. And I. It was an odd. It's an odd choice. Yes. And we'll yeah. get to that. Like I did feel like some of the movie was darker than it needed to be. Yeah. Um, yeah agreed. Uh, but yeah, you know, like the epilepsy, I I can't really comment on. But, yeah. You know, maybe you're slightly <laughs> epileptic. I don't but, know, man. Yeah. I'm usually not that sensitive to that kind of stuff. Or maybe I am, and I, films just don't typically do it. But this right. one, I, I visibly was like getting visually exhausted. Yeah. yeah. We did see it in IMAX. I think that's worth mentioning. Yes. And there are some scenes that do the full frame IMAX. It does do a lot of cutting back and forth on the aspect ratio, um, which I kind of find a little annoying. Yeah. But when it is full frame, it does look it does look quite better. Yeah, quite good. Yeah, agreed. Um, uh, but yeah, so like, uh, I you know it was fine. Yeah, I thought it was okay. it was okay. It was a, it was a, it was an okay. It was a it was a fun time at the theater. Like you know, if I were to compare it, like I like black I like Black Panther better. I liked Aquaman better. Um, I liked most Marvel movies yeah. better than this one. I, I think, think I think like Wonder Woman is a, is a is a much better movie than this yeah. one. Um, just just based on the lead actress alone. Yeah. Like, it's just it was way more way more compelling in yeah. my mind. Don't get me wrong, the, the the actual plot and like the mechanics of what happened I think are really interesting mm-hmm. like with her character. Just yes. like she didn't deliver, I don't think. Like I just couldn't connect with what she was trying to do there. Right. And I, I maybe it's not, you know, just her fault because you know she's being directed, you know, sure. to to do that stuff. Did you ever see Kong Skull Island? I do. That's been on my to watch list okay. for a long time. So I feel the same way about her performance here that I did in Kong Skull Island. She was in she was in that movie, and I just forget that she's in it. Really? Yeah, because she's just kind of there, hmm. and she, and there wasn't. It was it was just she just felt felt bland. I haven't seen her in anything else, uh, or not that I can remember. Um, Maybe that's why, but <laughs> but uh, but you know I, I I haven't seen her or anything else, so I can't really comment whether that's like a common thing. But right. like I've seen these two movies and the performances have you know been kind of dry and flat. So yeah, so I think that's pretty much what I have to say. Um, uh, sorry, there was one more thing I wanted to mention. I can mention this later, but yeah. the de aging that they used. Yeah, Sam Jackson's was awesome. 
Yeah, that was uh, that was un- almost unnoticeable. Yeah, completely. Like yeah. to the point where I was like, did they actually de-age? Yeah. Or did they do prosthetics yeah. or something? Colson looked de-aged. There was something Col- there that yeah, looked Coulson, a little off. Col- was it you were talking about uh, Willem Dafoe being de-aged in Aquaman? <laughs> he looked like a goblin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think Clark Gregg's de-aging started to look a little janky. Yeah. At some points, it was a little more obvious, but uh, but Sam Jackson's was, was perfect. Was pretty much seamless. Oh, and I found the the actor's name that plays the lead scroll. His name is Ben Mendelsohn, and uh, he was like the bad guy in Ready Player One. He was the bad guy oh. in Bloodline, the TV show where I saw him for the first time. He's an amazing actor in that amazing role in that, and he was he's been the bad he's been the bad guy in Rogue One. Like he's been the bad guy in a lot of stuff. Yeah, uh, but he's actually a legitimately good actor, and uh, I thought they really. Uh, did more with his character in here than than I anticipated. Mm-hmm. So uh, I did enjoy that very much. Yeah. No, yeah. And the prosthetics I thought were great. The scrolls? The scrolls. Yeah. I thought that was cool. Their shape-changing stuff was cool. Yeah, it was kind of a um, neat effect. Yeah, I and I liked did. the crew, that ragtag crew at the beginning, like uh, Jude Law's crew. Yeah. Uh, I love, like, their different weapons and how they how they all look different. Um I enjoyed that stuff. I wish there was more of that, but yeah. there's not. There's it's it's the the focus is elsewhere. Yeah, yeah, true. All right, we want to start talking about this movie. Yeah, yeah, go for it. All right. So, in at the very beginning of the film, we're introduced to Veers. It's Veers, right? That's how they were pronouncing it, mm-hmm. which pissed me off because later it should be technically verse. Yeah. But anyways, Veers. Veers. Uh, Jude Law and their ragtag band of warriors, which we just mentioned. They valiantly run into battle to rescue a brother in arms, but Veers is captured and mind reeded. Yeah, she's yeah, she's mind probed. I guess probed is a better word yeah. than reeded. Okay, yeah, I guess right. Um, yeah, like that. And this is the first example where I was talking about where things really started to look muddy. Like this planet, things were very dark, and then you've got exactly. like the laser blasts and things, and it's just it's just like whoa, okay. There's like you know you don't need to go from complete dark to like a big flash of light and then back to dark. It's right. jarring on the eyes. Yeah, no. with my epilepsy and everything yeah. apparently. Um, yeah, I think I agree. I I had exactly the same feeling as you up until that fight started. So you have this crew trying to save this spy. They go to the mouth of a cave and they have all of these like native uh like uh, species to the planet coming in like, you know, creating a mob basically mm. while uh Veers goes inside to 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 get the to get the spy. And I felt exactly like you did. Couldn't really see anything. It was really foggy and I'm like, "Why? Like why did they shoot it like this?" Then the fight starts. And actually, I can legitimately say that that was my favorite action scene of the movie. I really liked it because I love the fact that all of these guys are different, and mm-hmm. the way that that I like what the some of these Marvel movies. I have, I'm saying some, but like Guardians of the Galaxy and stuff like they don't tell you what their weapons do. Mm-hmm. Like nobody explains them to you. They kind of use them, and you kind of see like what they can do. And they they capitalize on that in this movie, like. Uh, Jude Law's got these gauntlets that do this like gravity-defying thing, and uh, Jimon Hansu has the twin swords, and the one of them's a sniper, and the other guy is just a bearded like you brawler. Know, brawler, yeah. But they they have a lot of cool stuff that happens, and that scene was interesting. That action scene was interesting and like unique, and I liked all of the different things that were happening. They didn't really get to that level of uniqueness at any point in the movie until you know the space battle, yeah. I think, toward the end. Um, but yeah, so I did, I did enjoy that scene. She gets captured and another scene that I enjoyed right after that is when she's getting probed, the way they represented 
her memories as being like a tape yeah. somebody's watching. And yeah. it's, it's Ben Mendelsohn's narration being like, okay, go back over here. But it's actually her remembering. Right. So like she's starting to... F- in her own memories, she's starting to recognize something's wrong because things are happening repeatedly. It's like focus on this, focus, focus, and they play it again and again right. and again. And it was a ve- I thought that was super imaginative and very, very well done. It was interesting too how they needed her to focus. You know yes. what I mean? Or at they least could, that's what I got exactly. Right? Exactly. Is that they were working? They, they, what they were trying to do wouldn't work without her intervening and exactly. essentially playing along. It had to be her remembering. Yes. And I, that's the, that's, you're exactly right. That's the thing that makes this so unique and cool yes. and make and logical. Right. Cause it's not like you're looking at an image that somebody took and you're focusing, you being the person examining the image is focusing on something. Right. This is like looking at it through somebody else. Yes. And that person has to focus on that Correct. thing. And they, they introduced that and they did that really well. I yeah. really liked that. I was like, okay, if the, the rest of the movie is this like imaginative, and unique, then I'm like I'm on board. It just doesn't reach that level again, that yeah. legible, that level of imagination. So now, were you like me, where in the very opening scene where she goes down to Jude Law's uh, apartment, dojo I guess or... his space dojo? Yeah. Um, as soon as I saw him, I'm like, oh, he's the bad guy. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, he just, yeah, he just. I, I mean, think... that wasn't. There was no surprise there. I don't think. Yeah. Um, the surprise came later with uh, the lead skull Talos. That was a surprise. I. I got. I legitimately loved his performance. Yeah, it was so good, and it came so out of nowhere. And I'm again, that's something that was unique. It was so unique when yeah. they did it. And he's get he gets the funniest moments. Yes, and he gets the most uh, emotional moments, in my opinion. Because yeah, it, mostly due to I think Brie Larson's you know wooden performance. Maybe, but like, but but like I, yeah, he was still excellent in his own right. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, uh, you know, he, she was given way more screen time, but I thought his story was so interesting yes. and it was so well. They actually did that really, really well. Um, his reveal on his own was a surprise. Yes. And then the fact that there was a group of scroll refugees yeah, that in was, the laboratory was also another surprise. Yeah, so yeah, that, that yeah. to me was the kind of the best of, of, the storytelling in the yeah, film, for sure. Same. And same. like you said, the performance was excellent. He worked the prosthetics. He did amazingly, he like did. as good as like a you know Ron Perlman oh. or hopefully uh, what's his name David Harbor. Harbor. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. it looks, anyways. We're going to Hellboy. <laughs> yeah, we discussed that a little before, but right. um, but yeah. Anything else you want to mention about the? No, no. Side? She gets uh, probed in the mind, and yeah. then she escapes, and she, then she escapes. has this like a uh, pretty cool. Uh, fight scene where she has her hands covered. Yeah, I thought that was I thought that was fun and, and unique and uh, um, and she she escapes. She like blows a hole in the ship. And, blows a uh, hole in the ship, breaks their ship, and then her she touches down in Blockbuster Video. Yes, and the scrolls touch down in beach. The beach, yeah, yeah. somewhere probably in Venice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Venice Beach. Um, and then they take, there was that really funny moment, like, hey, that one's taken when yeah. they, sh- yeah. they shapeshift. They shapeshift into surfers. Yeah. 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 But, uh, but yeah, so at that point they've touched down and then they, the next day, Fury catches up, Fury and Coulson and a bunch of other agents catch up with the, um, Veer's character yeah. at the Blockbuster video and they try to apprehend her. But then all of a sudden the scrolls jump in, mm-hmm. they have the train fight scene. Yep. And... what do you think of the train action like bit? It. It was yeah. too close. It's the same. My same complaint from before. Like, yeah. I if if they could have taken it, if they could have filmed it better, 
it would have been good. Like it, you could tell the choreography on there mm-hmm. was actually pretty cool. Yeah. But it, because you couldn't see anything yeah. and everything's all shaky and shit, it's like, ah, yeah. yeah, it wasn't particularly memorable. Not like, you know, not like for me, not like the beginning group fight scene or even her escape, which I thought was pretty nifty yeah. as well. Um, the, the train fight was, uh, I wasn't, I think in terms of action scenes, aside from the stuff at the end, I think the escape fight scene would have done it for me. Yeah, yeah, that was that was pretty nifty, and yeah. it looked good too. Yeah, um, it it didn't suffer as much of the really close up action. There was some like far there there was definitely some of that, but there were also some farther shots where you got to see some good choreography. Yeah. you know the way it's supposed to be viewed, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, so train fight scene, and then she, uh, I guess the the guy drops a little gem. Yes. That she puts into her Omni wrist tool thingy yeah. and digs up a memory of hers. And it's like a, of a bar, I guess. Yeah, it's this yeah. Po- Poncho's, Poncho's bar. Yeah. Meanwhile, at this point, uh, Nick Fury also was riding around with Skrull. The Skrull ended up dying. Yes. But now he's definitely in on the joke. Um, so after Fury brings the body to then they do the an world, autopsy yeah. and then he satisfies his curiosity about what otherworldly genitalia looks like yeah uh he manages to track down veers at the poncho's bar and then they start talking they start making i guess friends yeah they start making friends and this all felt kind of stiff to me yeah like this whole thing it didn't feel like it i didn't think flow feel, well like, yeah like fury i can feel like like sam jackson was kind of doing his bit again this is my issue with brie larson's delivery or something mm. it just felt stilted it felt manufactured didn't feel like super organic yeah um but you know it didn't it wasn't like it felt fake it just i don't know i just i I didn't connect with it so i was just kind of like at that point i was i kind of like took a step back i'm like okay it's not gonna work for me yeah that was the moment where i realized like her performance wasn't gonna work for me was that conversation in the bar Mm -hmm. where i was like "Ah, i'm not really feeling it so i kind of like stepped back so like stop like you know, stop expecting that to happen and, like, you know, in, just enjoy the ride. And mm. that was kind of, like, when, when that happened for me. Fair enough. Um, yeah, so they have this conversation and then they go off to the S.H.I.E.L.D. headquarters to look for the person that um, Brie Larson, like, uh, what's her name? Veers. Veers' character uh, has memories of. So yes. she has these memories on Earth, but... She's being told that she was discovered uh, uh, and taken in, or like she's Cree. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but she has Earth memories, so she's like, "What is this nonsense? Let's go figure this out. Who's this person I keep remembering? It's Annette Benning. Let's go figure that out." <laughs> I thought Annette Benning was super distracting. I don't know what it was about her performance. I just felt like she was. Dist- she stood oh. out. She stood out a bit, and I don't know why. I can't really tell you why. It wasn't like a bad performance or anything. It was just. I don't know. Different. It yeah. was different from everything else in the film. Everything yeah, else, like one of these things is not like the rest. You know what it, it is? Annette Benning. Everybody at that point was just kind of this kind of bland thing. And for her, like with the white hair and the popping eyes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And really, like the eyes. They really went for that. And yeah. In fact, I think her eyes are only like that when she's represented by that Cree artificial intelligence. Maybe. I think her eyes are like that. Especially like that. So what did you think of that? Like, Brie Lar- like the entire Cree are run by this artificial intelligence that they plug into yeah and she when you plug in you go to this like space and when you talk to the artificial intelligence it takes the form of something close to you so that it's easier for you to talk to it like it's kind of so um she sees uh she sees annette benning who's this character that 
she has a memory of, but has never actually met yeah. in her own mind. Um, what did you think of that? Did you th- did you like that representation, or did you have thought that idea? Yes and no. So the yes is I like the idea that you what you see is you know something that's familiar to you. It's so easier it's, to talk yeah. to them. It's easier to associate with them. Yeah. The no comes in the fact that this was a very poor design decision when they're thinking to overwrite her memories is to be like, yeah, let's show her somebody that she doesn't remember, and then she's going to start questioning everything. That's like true. when we decided to commandeer her and turn her into a living weapon. That's true. And use her. Yep. Not a not a very good decision no. when they're planning Mr. Artificial Intelligence. Yeah. If that's, that's what you want to be called. That's right. Artificial I mean, dum-dum. <laughs> a real dum-dum. <laughs> you are not an artificial intelligence. You are no. a real dummy. Um, yeah. So she is... Uh, so now they go to S.H.I.E.L.D., right? They go to S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, Fury texts his boss, but his boss turns out to be a Skrull. Yeah. Which is... The Australian dude you mentioned. Yeah, ben Mendelsohn gets to play Mendelsohn. himself at least once without without any makeup on. That was a, It's so funny. It's like, why does Ben Mendelsohn, the human character, sound exactly like the Skrull character? Because he already has an Australian accent when you first see him as a Skrull. Yeah. Then he changes into Ben Mendelsohn, who is Fury's boss at the time, and his voice is exactly the same. Yeah. So which means that this Skrull... Who is from outer space sounds exactly like Ben Mendelsohn from Earth, who yeah. happens to be Nick Fury's boss. I, I thought that stood out. It's a small nitpick and really fucking means nothing, but it's just a funny thing that I noticed. I'm like, oh, he got to play his own accent and himself, so that means that this scroll in him just happened to sound exactly the same, right? I mean, it's more interesting than that too. In that, like, why would a scroll have an accent? Well, I, maybe scrolls ha- all have accents. Yeah, maybe, maybe they're if all you're from like a certain Australian. like part of your world, you just automatically have an Australian accent yeah. in whatever language it is you speak. That's maybe might be it. I mean, why are they all speak in English? We can we can go down this road. It's probably not universal not translators. Thing. Otherwise, the audience wouldn't understand them. Yes, the universal translator breaks As, the fourth yeah. wall. Well, the universal translator is applying the accent. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's what it is. Uh, um, but yeah, so uh, Ben Mendelsohn, who is Nick Fury's boss, is a Skrull. Yep. In fact, he's the lead Skrull. His yep. name is Talos. And uh, they have this uh, what this like uh, archives fight scene where you know they they come in and um, basically Fury and Captain Marvel escape. Yeah. And uh, what happens then? Well, at that point, yeah. they've revealed that they that she was there, so they know for oh, sure so they she know, was so there. She, they find her friend Monica. I only yes. know her name's Monica because of her necklace. Um, and then Rambo. Ma- yeah, Monica that's Rambo. A, that's what it was. Good name. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they end up going to her, and then she basically gives her whatever information they know. But that's when Talos comes out of nowhere, revealed as a scroll. Yeah, and. You have the really funny scene with the cat oh, and the God, dialogue yeah. and everything. But that's the major plot point to be revealed there is it basically explains everything that happened with Annette Benning's Marvel character mm-hmm. and the great betrayal by Jude Law. Yeah. So she discovers that, you know, after finding her army friend or her pilot friend, yeah. um, that uh Marvel, who is Annette Benning's character, who is this person that she has a memory of but don't not a memory of meeting was actually Cree, and she was trying to uh, create a light dri- light space travel drive to end the war between the Cree and the skull skulls the scrolls, and uh, and she get they get attacked and um, basically Jude Law is the one that attacks them tries to take the light drive 
Carol Danvers, aka Captain Marvel, shoots the light drive and absorbs some of its energy, and that's how she gets her powers. Right. So she re- suddenly remembers all of this, and that only happens because uh, Talos has a recording of the black box of her last flight. Right. So having said all that, Talos showing up in the house completely randomly, I thought was absolutely hilarious. This scene caught me completely off guard where he he's just like a he's kind of just like a bumbling dad. That's yeah. what he just seems like. And he is really funny. He's got some really great lines. Uh, freaked out by the cat, the whole cat thing where she's like goes like this with the cat, and he's like that reminded me of Stephen Sommers as the mummy. Yeah. When uh, Brendan Fraser holds the cat up to the mummy, the mummy freaks out yeah. and leaves. Um, but yeah, it's and they humanize him to the point where I'm like, this is this was that caught me off guard, humanizing this lead scroll guy, and you find out that the Kree have been systematically exterminating the scrolls, right? And that they're looking for a new home planet, and they want this light drive in order to reach like get away and yeah. be safe so uh so the tables have sort of turned Jews laws and they're a happy band of like uh army guys kree army guys are now the villains and the scrolls are the ones helping captain marvel and uh and uh nick fury right. find the light drive and like i said the, the turn for jude law and his Band, not really a huge surprise, but the scroll stuff really does take you for surprise because at that point in the film they'd been portrayed really well as the villains. Yeah, and then on top of that, traditionally the scrolls in the comic books are, are the all, villains. Are the villains? Yeah, they, they are. are. They are almost the worst of them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. So yeah, this movie took a complete 180 from the source material, and I'm really glad it did. I thought that this was the best way that they could have done it without making like. Of a lot more villains in the Marvel universe than was completely needed. Yeah, you know, like yeah. having a big scroll threat out there at all times is kind of overwhelming from a you know plot device for any other films you're going to be making. Because right. like you know, oh, Doctor Doom's coming, but like, okay, yeah, but there's this entire planet of scrolls that can yeah. destroy us. Yeah, fuck this guy. Yeah, I I, I really did enjoy that. Yeah, and uh, it was really funny. He was like really legitimately funny. Yep. And uh, made me feel more for him than I did for, unfortunately, for for Captain Marvel's character arc. So uh, they rig a ship together. And uh, Jude Law ends up finding them, but not before they leave in the ship and go out into the atmosphere, Mm -hmm. into orbit. Right. Because that's where uh, Marvell, a.k.a. Annette Bening's character, before she died, that's where she left the light, the hyperlight drive. Yeah floating around in space so they get onto the ship and the next surprise happens that i didn't see coming when they go on the ship uh it turns out that his family the talos is the scroll lead scrolls family is on the ship and you know other scrolls that have been hiding there um and that's another really great emotional scene yeah uh that i that i was like i was just really kind of caught by surprise yeah uh and then magically jude law's character finds them there and I can't remember exactly how we talked about this after, but I don't think either of us really remember exactly how. I, I just figured you watched the ship go up and you went. They went up there, and then you know what it probably was was she went and uncloaked the ship and forgot to cloak it, and then everybody <laughs> saw it and they're like, "Oh, that's probably where we need to go." <laughs> that's true. Ninety-five. There's probably not a ton of satellites up there, and that's then there's true. something that looks way different. They're like, "That's Cree. We yeah. should probably go there." Yeah. Marvel was Cree. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, there was one thing I, I forgot to mention. There's a there's a scene where she changes her costume. Yes. Which I thought was really adorable. It was, it was really cute and really well done. Where um, again, uh, Rambo, her 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 pilot friend's daughter comes and says, "Oh, we're going to change the colors because she's no longer working for or fighting for the Kree." Right. So she, you know, is messing around with the color palette like you would do in like a video game, basically changing the colors of her of her suit. And uh, she decides on like that red, blue, gold thing. But this is a scene that's shot in the dark. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Yeah. It was really strange when they were changing the colors on the thing and her palette, color palette on her costume was changing. I'm like, you can barely see what, the, color barely see what the fucking colors are. And then are. when the red and blue comes, it's like they turned on a spotlight. Yeah. Because <laughs> it looked a lot more. It was very poppy. strange. Yeah, it was very strange. I, I, I was curious. I was just like, I'm wondering why. If somebody knows the answer or. Like, why shoot that scene in the dark on the porch outside at night? You can't even see the colors change. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was another scene that I thought was like, why, why is it and shot also, in the dark? And also, she was tensing her fists. Who just stands there like this? Like, this is a good color. She's just like holding everything. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Lighten up, Brie Larson. Yeah. Like, we're saying her performance was pretty stiff, but, you know, <laughs> you don't have to. Anyways. <laughs> Not all my jokes are gonna hit, goddammit. <laughs> uh, tough as you can, tough crowd. As long as you can admit it. Yeah. Um, well. So at this point, she's basically completely changed sides. They're in the laboratory. They find the tesseract in there because reasons. Yeah. And oh, uh, well, the tesseract is the drive. Yeah, like, that's exactly. the that's what they were using to power the drive. Right. And again, it's like you know we were saying like this things are this movie's kind of like what we've seen before. This is literally the exact same thing we've oh, seen yeah. before. Everybody chasing the tesseract. Well, yeah. Like it, and it's it, kind it, of like yeah, so sorry. And they just keep on they keep on sh- like there was the 90s stuff we talked about and how they keep shoving that in, but they're yeah. also shoving in easter eggs all over the place between the tesseract just randomly being like a plot device all of a sudden again. Oh. You've got Nick Fury's eye and and like yeah. This the, everything just feels like something's being shoved in there and it's like guys, just be your own movie. Stop being a component of a bunch of different shit. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like stop relying on all these things to really drive the movie. How do you compare Nick Fury's eye to Han getting his name in Solo. How do you compare those two? What? You know, like, they're both prequels. Yeah. And they both have to line up with the movies that they're leading up yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. So you've got, you've got oh, all oh. these shout-outs to, like, you know, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. what's coming up and, like, all these de- little details. Um, how do you compare those two? Because you, you really shit on the whole, yeah, like, who are you here with? He's like, or, or who are you... Who's your family? Who are you with? He's like, oh, no, I'm here by myself. He's like, Han Solo. And he yeah. types it in the computer. Yeah. You really fucking did not My like that. My eyes rolled back and then came all the way around for so that. So your tendons are like wrapped around your eyes. Oh, yeah. I, I have horrible vision now. <laughs> and um, and with this one, it was a little less so, but not as much. Yeah. Like, I don't know. For me, I've seen... I think it was in the Ultimate Universe. There was a really cool scene where basically, like, Nick Fury lost his eye and almost lost his life in, like, the heat of battle and only survived because Wolverine carried him, like, 20 miles back yeah. from whatever. And in this one, he got scratched by a cat. Well, it's not a cat, exactly. Whatever. You get it's like the a point. Lovecraftian. It could have been a cat. Basically. Psycho monster in yeah. a cat's, you know, in a cat jacket, in a cat costume. Cat, cat, uh, whatever. Yeah, that's your Did two you strikes. Two strikes. Yeah, I got to stop. Two strikes. It's all right. I'm going to um, come up with something really good. Um, but yeah, no. It, so yeah, the Tesseract's up there. Yeah. Right? 
So the Jason and the Tesseract again. Yeah. I'm like, uh, the stakes here aren't really... I'm like, oh, do they get the Tesseract? Like, do they do they not get the Tesseract? Like, yeah. I'm not really... It's like that really long fight scene in The Hobbit between... Uh, between uh, Archer Boy, I can't remember, Legolas, and like a lead, <laughs> and like the lead orc, and it's like this really long fight scene, and like he's getting beat up. I'm like, oh, is he gonna die? Like, no, he's not gonna no, die. No, this is fucking like this is a waste of time. That's what this is. Um, so I kind of, I was kind of like, I did a little eye roll when I saw the Tesseract. I'm like, okay, we're chasing this fucking thing again. Right, right. Um, but you know. Whatever, Whatever. <laughs> um, and then then Marvel or not Marvel uh, Jude Law and they basically use Directive Four on um, on Brie Larson on Veers and they just shut her down. Yeah, <laughs> and they yeah. start interrogating her again. I guess. Or... Yeah, so she goes. They capture her and she goes back into the AI. Yeah, the AI thing. What did you th- What did you think of this scene where where basically she breaks the the shackles of her? They've built in this failsafe. And uh, the AI is like, you know, you've done your job, you've found the Tesseract right. and stuff, and you can't fight me. You can't fight yeah. the AI because we control you. We can take away your power. See, like, this is where the movie picked up for me because I yeah. like that. I, I like it when characters are, you know, suppressed by their own right or by whatever it is, but whoever's doing the suppressing or, or whatnot doesn't realize the sheer depths of power that the person has. Sure. Yeah. And they're able to not only overcome it, but just fucking obliterated yeah, yeah like you've seen that like dragon ball z is one of my favorite shows mm-hmm. out there right and they'd do that consistently where all of a sudden somebody will go past their their threshold and then at that point they're on a completely different level which is basically what this this movie did yeah and then when she fully powers up you get her there's one scene where her hair is all up and she basically looks like a super saiyan yeah she, yeah, yeah that's true uh, i lost it for that oh i didn't even mention this before i absolutely loved the fucking mohawk helmet yes it looked so good yeah. and that was one of those flashes of uniqueness yes. that i'm talking about i'm like yes i can get behind that you know yeah like the like in black panther with all the different uh, factions having the clo- like the cloak shields and stuff i'm like yeah. yes i can get behind that she has this crazy helmet that lets this middle part of her hair through and it's like the mohawk helmet loved it i was like that's great let's see more of that and unfortunately it's not in the movie that often but no i mean in most the, of the action the scenes it goes in and out and it's yeah. there for functional reason too like that's true for when that's she's true. in space yeah, that's true so yeah I, I thought they did a pretty good job with that um but so this scene in the ai you're talking about like breaking out of the bounce i loved the scene where she says you're only human it's very cliche you're yes. only human yeah. and then like you know that makes me strong and all that but they did a subtle thing here where they represented that without her saying some cliched line right which was all of those scenes all these memories of, of her falling down at various points in her life army training falling off of her bike all of these things uh and she says you're only human and she thinks back all these scenes and they show her getting up right after she has fallen and she that's the moment that kind of the catalyst that allows her to break out of the control right um i thought that was really well done that yeah. was so. That was a really great, great idea. Great way to convey a feeling that you need to convey without going down that cliched. But that that you know, I'm only human, but that's what makes me strong. You know, like you don't. They did it in a way that was really elegant and and unique. Unfortunately, again, marred by Brie Larson's performance. But but that moment was so good. I just feel like if they got like someone with a little more gusto and a little more feeling in there uh i think it would have been like a a a real killer moment right but at this point it's just something i admire that the writing for that right 
And at this point in the story, it's pretty much all over for all the bad guys because now that she's at full power, there's nothing that can stop her. Yeah, that was pretty cool when she comes out. She's like glowing and her yeah. hair is like getting, you know, you know, yeah, like you said, Super Saiyan. Yeah. Um, and they escape from the ship. And the Kree uh, get on... I, I can't remember how So they get on a ship, right? The Kree? Because they're not really yeah. involved in the final fight. Um, so, sorry, not the Kree. Um, the Skrulls. The Skrulls. Yeah. The Skrulls. The family of Skrulls. Right. Um, and then you get this... Because uh, then, then, then fucking uh, Jude Law calls in backup and it's... Uh, Ronan and Ronan the, the accusers. accusers. Yeah. I didn't realize the accusers were a race. Like, can you imagine I being think, called the accusers? Because they're all they're, Kree. I think they're a band of Kree. Yeah. So so yeah, that was the other thing that was a little confusing was yeah. that the Kree were like looked human, but then there also there's this the blue ones, the blue Kree, which were still Kree, and so it's not that confusing. Like, but I mean, I was just like, it was like what, what, they're they're called the accusers. I'm like, what a shitty name for a race of of Kree. It's like you are the accusers. Oh man, like. And and when he shows up, I thought it was really funny because he has the same stance the entire time. Did you notice that? Oh yeah, yeah. So he's standing there and he looks cool with his you know hammer, you know Ronan. And he comes there and he's like, "Okay, Jude Law is telling me to bomb the place, so I'm going to bomb the place." So it's a bomb. And then Captain Marvel comes out all Super Saiyan, and they have this really great space battle. Right. The so when she she turned around the basically when she stopped the first rocket that was coming down, yeah. I was like, how is she going to do that for all of them? And then she threw it at them, and I was like, oh, how? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's like, right. It was like oh, she got me. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, um, but, yeah, no, it, and and just this like this scene really just demonstrates just how above everybody else she is mm. in the way that she was like just going through the sh- the ship and just tearing it down as if it was paper mache yeah this is as this is as close to like superman as you're gonna get here like they she went like superman levels of like uh destructive power Mm -hmm. and and ronan is just standing there like this with this (laughs) with this hammer just watching yeah we should probably go (laughs) that's like his only line because it keeps the camera keeps shifting to the same angle behind him and i i find it very hard to believe through that whole thing after she decimates all of his ships and all of his rockets and now she's floating outside of his outside of his window threatening him yeah he hasn't moved a muscle like i find that very hard to believe he's still like and the only thing he does (laughs) is literally turn to the guy next to him Who's like this? I shit you not. He's like this. Yeah, he's like, uh. He's got the biggest bug eyes. He's got that, the biggest derp look on his face. He's like, a derp. A derp. Uh. I was like, what uh. the hell? Anyway, and so Ronan shows up and then he promptly leaves. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> He uh, has like three lines of dialogue and then he leaves. Um, so, but that is a great action sequence, actually. The, yeah. And the, the sound in the theater was very good. Yes. Um, a lot of the surround sound was used at that point. Very good stuff. Yeah. Um, what did you think of the gag with the cat when they were escaping the ship and the cat not being a cat but being this like tentacle monster hiding inside of a cat? I, I mean, the whole gag of it being some other creature from the very beginning, you, you kind of figured it wasn't a cat. At least yeah. I, I kind of I, I I kinda liked it. It was funny. Yeah. It was a little funny. Oh, they used it. They, they they used it a little too much. Too much. Yes, they used it they a little too much. The they first were. the first reveal was great. The yeah. tesseract grab was really great. Yeah. Or wait, was the tesseract grab the first one? Yes. Yeah. And then, and the, then the second it was the one was the like, that one I liked. But then the after that, it was just kind of at any time they really referenced it. it yeah. Was nice. Yeah. Um, 
did that shot of the the cat, uh, the tentacles coming out and him grabbing the Kree mm. and like bouncing them around. It looked exactly like that scene from Guardians, Guardians of, the of the Galaxy where Groot, Groot. does almost exactly the yep. same thing. Like it frame for frame, it yeah. almost looks exactly the same. Yeah. So that wasn't just me. I was like, oh, I've seen no, this no, before. no, no. It, it, I'm pretty sure they just took the animation for <laughs> yeah. that and they just made it tentacles instead it's of bark and like branches. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know, man. Yeah. It's uh... I mean, it, either way, like the Kree are getting disposed of in exactly the same way in both movies. <laughs> Poor fellas. Um, but yeah, so then then they escape. Then they have this this uh, space battle. And, which is really cool. And then she comes down to... Am I missing something? Nothing. Not really. Marvel. She takes down Marvel. the Marvel ship. Or sorry, I keep saying Marvel. For some reason, I keep thinking Jude Law's Marvel. No. Jude Law takes down Jude Law. They have kind of the Indiana Jones fight moment, yeah, which is that's good. that's right. Um, I, liked, I liked that. Because, I did too. Yeah, I was like, don't fight him. Yeah. What's the point? Yeah. What is to be gained? Yeah. So he's like trying to goad her into a fist fight. Yeah. And she just... Uh, she doesn't bite. Yeah. Pops two in his chest, yeah, and uh, and sends him back to uh, the Cree homeworld, yeah, with a message saying that I'm going to dismantle your whole operation, yeah, to tell the AI that. So, uh, and then uh, she departs with the scrolls. Yeah, she leaves with the scrolls. The Tesseract stays on Earth and then has its own adventures in the other Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. But she leaves Earth to help the scrolls find a new homeworld. Right. And uh, that's essentially the end of the movie. And then you have your post credit sequence where, oh God, like everybody in the theater was just, yeah, like creaming themselves. And I just couldn't, like, that's the that's the part of like going to opening, opening night, night movies that, I, and I literally missed the first line of dialogue because Did of you? it. Yeah, like, I don't know what. So the, the scene is like basically a couple of the Avengers, like Chris Evans. Oh, Bruce yeah, because people were still talking. Yeah, and Bruce shit. Banner. And they were like, oh, oh, and like, I didn't hear what he said. Yeah. And I was like, fuck. Yeah, I hate yeah. all of you. Yeah. Stop it. I know. I didn't really say that and to then myself, but like at the end of the shot, she shows up, and then people are just like, "Whoa, yeah. whoa!" I'm like, "Why?" What is anybody you... surprised? What did you think was going to happen? <laughs> like one of two things is going to happen. It ends with some something indicating she's coming, yeah, or she's there. Yeah. One of two things is going to happen. Nothing yeah. else. Yeah. And even if none, even if the other one happened, where it's a little more subtle, you know, she's going to be in the movie. Yeah. Why is this fucking surprise? Yeah, the guy next to us was just freaking out. Uh, like, he's a douchebag. Yeah, and he was on his phone in the middle of the there movie. There was too. yeah, that for, just like is, blows my mind. I'm, there was at least two or three people on phones, and uh, I don't know, man. Like people pay a lot of money to go see this shit, especially in IMAX. Yeah, like, yeah. That's and that again. That's why, like you know, the opening night movies. It's like if you get a good crowd, it's it's it can be fun. But yeah. With that many people and like the basically sold out show, I don't know if it was sold out, but it's like it's basically a, like almost all of the seating was filled. Yeah, there's going to be people on their phones. Like I think it's just a, it's just, um, it's a foregone conclusion with that yeah. many people in a movie. Well, the guy started it off with taking an Instagram or something. An Instagram is sending it out at the beginning, and I'm like, you get, oh. I'll give you like another 20 seconds if you don't get off your fucking. I didn't say this to him, yeah. but in my head, I'm like, you get 20 seconds if you don't get off your phone. I'm saying something. He got off his phone within the time. I was like, I'll let it slide. Yeah. He took it out at another time. He's looking at it quickly, and then he put it away. I'm like, yeah. it was close. It was considerate. Maybe he had to check something. I'll yeah. let it go. Yeah. He did it again. Yeah. I was like, all right, don't do it again. Yeah. Then he did it again. That's when I said something. Like, did you? Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I didn't read over. It. I said, you, you you need to put your phone away, please. Yeah. And he, he, was, he was good after that. He yeah. didn't do anything. Yeah. And there was a guy two seats in front of us. So that one I kind of saw. Yeah. But... 
it didn't really bother me because I like he was so far off to my right and I was looking at the screen. He was right next to you. Yeah. So that was a little different. But there was a guy two rows in front and I could see his phone clearly because yeah. he was two rows in front. And I'm like, this is distracting. I'm looking at the theater and there's something glowing on the bottom. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, it's just anyway, this is just a really random like I'll say this. tangent. If you're going to the theater to watch a movie, get off your phone. Yes. That's a please. Yeah. It's a it's a good rule of thumb. Um, yeah, like what the fuck? I, yeah. I just I don't. You're not at home. Yeah, Other exactly. people are there. It's distracting. And Cut the shit. And and that's an it's a IMAX ticket too. Like you know, it's it's expensive. Yeah. So um, it's really inconsiderate. Anyway, uh, so yeah, with that, but minus the people freaking out and me missing that first line of dialogue, essentially is the scene all the Avengers looking at the pager. Yeah. That Sam Jackson sent out the page before he disintegrated. Um, and uh, they the pager turns off, right? And indicating that Marvel has returned. So and then she shows up right behind Black Widow and says, "Where is where's, where's Fury? Where's Fury?" Yeah, and that's the end. So yeah, it, it was one of these things where like it's kind of a fuck yeah moment, but at the same time, not enough that I'm going to start cheering and shit. Yeah, it was just like a lot. Like the guy next to us who was on his phone, yeah, started just cheering. I was like, okay. Right. Like I don't know what you expected to happen, but that, that was it was it was a good moment, and it was yeah. it was a cool end credit sequence. Yeah, but um, I mean, jerking off in the middle of the theater was probably not necessary. That's graphic. It so, was graphic. That's that a, was, pretty that's much the, how it went, that's though. The point. Yeah, it was graphic. Yeah. Um, and then there's a second end credit sequence which we didn't stay for because we just had to wait too long and we had to get back to record this episode. But it's usually something inconsequential, and in this case, it was, was indeed that. It was indeed. <laughs> Uh, indeed that the cat uh, sneaks into Nick Fury's office and regurgitates the Tesseract because yeah. it had eaten the Tesseract. Right? right. So, so yeah, in the end, eh. Eh. <laughs> uh, well, this has okay. been episode number 35. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we're going to call it. Episode 35. Yeah. Eh. It's yeah. okay. It's okay. Um, if you, I feel like it's a lead in to, to Endgame if you, if you want to. It is? It is? Yeah. No, I mean, I feel like that's one of the things that it has going for it in terms of box yes. office yeah, appeal. Yeah, yeah, that it's absolutely. the lead, at least a direct lead into Endgame. Um, but, uh, you know, it's okay. Yeah, it's worth seeing. It's, if, if, if for nothing else, just to get context as to who the character yeah. is, because she will come back for Endgame, yeah. obviously. So I think I think there's a, I think, like I said before, I think that there are great moments in here, but I did just marred by some, like, you know, not so great acting. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. nothing, nothing unique here. That's no, it. not I mean not nothing, not enough unique. Yeah, yeah. Didn't really push the envelope. Very yeah, much. that's right. All right. Well, anything else for you? No, that's it. All right. Well, this has been like I said, episode number thirty-five. Shit, I can't believe we're thirty-five episodes in. We're thirty-five years old. We're. Thir- I'm thirty-four. I am thirty. I'm thirty-five. I'm th- wait. I'm thirty-five. Yeah, 35. I'm thirty-five. I'm thirty-four. Holy shit! I, I am thirty-five years old. I said a fact. That was a fact. That was a fact. Um, we we're also on episode 35. Yeah. That was amazing. I'm awesome. It's like a shit. And with that, episode. I'm out of here. Finish the show on your own, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks again for listening, folks. Um, or watching if you're watching us on YouTube. Uh, this has been Justin. This is Zatol. And uh, we'll see you next time. Ciao.